Yo, 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 what's good? Welcome to episode two of the Black and the Bowl, starring your boy, Captain of the Fitted Cap Pirate, Death from the Seven. And also, it's me, your boy, the Spectacular Fighter Sage. And Devin, how many pirates do you have? Like, are you you the captain? So how many of them are you uh, in charge of? We, 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 we got a little squad. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, I just don't want you on the grand line if you're trying to find the One Piece and it's like three of you. We don't, we don't need three. Is it? Oh, oh, shit. Okay, okay. Well, this is he me said and one it. other real nigga and we grand line thugging. But while we're here, now you've seen it. Number one show in the world. You're going to hate me. No, I haven't. So that's uh, terrible on my end. I still, it, it's a lot of shows out. I can't, I'm sorry. It's a lot of shows and I haven't started that. Yeah, I'm gonna start it this week though. I'm gonna start it this week. I understand. We live in a in a great TV era right now. You know, there's a lot going on. There's catching our interest. A lot that's about to come out. So you know, we gotta we got a lot on our hands, and you know, we're just trying to pick and choose. What's... I'm gonna start it tonight. I think I'm gonna after we get done. I'm gonna start it just to because it's eight episodes, so it it shouldn't take that long to finish it. And I don't blame you because, you know, a lot of people didn't expect an anime adaptation to actually be good this time. So there's a, there's a, a more people joining on as we speak because, you know, it's it's finally something to celebrate. We finally broke the curse, as they say, you know, along with even though uh, we have had several good anime adaptations across TV and movies. So we have One Piece is definitely up there, though, as far as I can see. I haven't watched it yet, but everybody's saying it's up there. That's the thing. You know, people people forget as soon as something's out of their mind. You know, they said that Last of Us was the first good video game adaptation, even though we had Detective Pikachu beforehand. You know, it's it's all that top of the memory type stuff. So, you know. So you've seen all of the episodes of it? Yeah, I had to. I had to watch it. I'm a huge One Piece fan, so I had to go ahead and lock in. Knock you it all out. can't see it, but Devin does not have on a straw hat, so I'm pulling his card. You know what? I'm I'm super fake, <laughs> but you know I can't wear a straw hat right now. We the fitted cap pirates. You can't. You know, it's like when a basketball player go against another basketball player. You can't have their shoes on. You know what I'm saying? No, so it's like I can't wear I can't wear a Stark hat right now because you know I got a rip I got to rip the fitted hat pirates because we the ones coming for the One Piece. You feel me? No. Um, so how many? So how big of a fan of One Piece were you before the show, the live action show? That's crazy because I One Piece has been a part of my life for like as long as I can remember, probably since fifth or sixth grade. Shonen Jump came out here in the U.S. and I immediately got a subscription to it. Like issue one, I saw it. Had my mama paying that little seven ninety nine a month so I could get my issue of Shonen Jump, and that was one of the earliest Shonen Jump series. So when that first came out, I was already locked into One Piece. Like I used to pass them around to the homies. Like, bro, it's got everything in there. It got Yu Gi Oh, Naruto. It's got stuff I never heard of, like One Piece. And that's what initially got me started. And I've been there ever since. This 
Like I don't, I've never dropped a dropped one piece out of my life since sixth grade. So for this moment to come around has been a huge accomplishment for the series and for fans because it, it actually paid off. So 20, 27 years worth of waiting, finally here. It's, Are you it's caught a, up with the uh, the manga for it? Oh yeah, I I like I said, never once dropped off, been locked in. Since I've never that. seen you talk about a chapter. That's crazy. Because uh, I don't want to be a part of the the wild fan base that's always you know jumping to conclusions. I don't want to be a part of those conversations. Okay, I feel you. I just know I've never seen you say anything about a gear or uh, the world government or where the straw hats are at right now. That's just me, though. Hey, yeah, that's just you because you don't be paying attention. Because I just said that uh, streets call Rob Lucci a ring chaser, but it's all right. You don't be paying attention. I like the curve. I like where it's at in the manga right now. Just I'm gonna keep it as general as possible, but it's giving me Westworld vibes, and I love anything with like robots in science fiction. So I'm with it already. As soon as they left Wano, I was with it. They went to a science fiction island. Give me that. Love that. Wano was a a lot to handle since it went on so long so it's it's actually nice to be somewhere else for a little bit and then to have like old characters come back from a long time ago and have like the high that high energy moment you know what i'm saying <laughs> particularly a character that you just cosplayed as recently so you know glad yes. to see my boy back on the scene yes if you don't know uh i went to dreamcon uh in austin this past july and i was out there is kizaru the best in the world government mr lighted up long legs the your boy with the glasses i was out there his full get up and it was a oh, great time like suit. yes down to Tell down to the, I, I went and got some white shoes just to make sure i got Head to toe. It was a really good time. They had the uh, One Piece cosplay room. And it was, a, it was, a, I have a picture where it's a lot of us from the world government. It's the Kinu, Kizaru, uh, Aokiji, even the uh, Green Bull. I think it was a Green Bull there. So just to see that, that was really fun. And everybody would yell at me and I would jump in because. Uh, of course, one it's one piece, so everybody's there as their favorite character. So I would just jump in. Well, 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 you damn dirty pirates. I even got jumped <laughs> by a group of choppers. It was legit like five or six choppers, and we took a picture. I wish and hope eventually I find it somewhere on the internet, but they surrounded me and they were all about to kick me. <laughs> so that's fun. It was a fun time being a one piece cosplayer. That's what I love about One Piece and the One Piece community is that there's a character for literally everybody. Like some out there somewhere, somebody's favorite character is Helmepo. Somebody's favorite character is Bogart, who's only had one line in the entire series, you know? So I'm trying to figure out how to do a chopper. I want to do chopper, but like a specific 
point form. Like, I don't know why. I want to do his horn point form. I feel like that would be funny to walk around with those big-ass super antlers and walk around as the best straw hat member. And if you disagree, then you're wrong. Chopper is the best boy. Protect him. I fully rock with Chopper. Um, And I just had to reassess my favorite straw hat members because, you know, I can't be liking Sanji like that. That man, he an HR violation. You gotta he he you gotta alert people before Sanji come on the on the boat type type stuff. He as long as you're a woman and yeah, as long as you're a woman, then but everybody if you're a man, you're fine. Or if you're a kid, you're fine. As long as you're a fully grown woman, you might have an issue. But then they'll just Nami and Robin and Probably the rest of the crew will just hit him, and they'll be okay. Yeah, but you, you know, that, that's my boy. He got a heart of gold, but he just a little, he a little, he a little freak bull. But you know, he working on it. I think. I don't know. <laughs> but other than that, with One Piece being the number one show, got a lot, a lot, a lot of heat behind it. I know we was talking trash about it last episode. But that was the first couple episodes. Ahsoka coming back, episode four. Everything changed. You tune in. You tapped in. I have to watch that episode. I know what happened, but yes, I am. I know what. I just know what happened. But I'm on episode three. I finished episode three like the other day. You know, the first three episodes was a little rough for me. Uh. Mainly, it was it was a lot of rough for me, but why was like, it a little for you? <laughs> mainly because I wasn't that big of a Rebels fan, to be honest with you. I watched Rebels, but it didn't connect with me like some of the other stuff. Um, but, you know, knowing that this was essentially just going to be like a new season of Star Wars Rebels, I had to go back in and tap back in with the series, see and remember what was going on. Um, and while it took me a little bit to readjust to that kind of dynamic and the feeling and the characters again, I started to like it a little bit more this time than I originally did. Um, you know, every character feels so alive, um, and like, you know, like they lived in this world. It's a lot of Star Wars characters that you feel like where did they come from? You know what I'm saying? How do they fit in this world? But these characters, you know, that day Filoni verse was just like built up. So these characters feel like they're actual essential parts of the world. And now with the way that this last episode played out, it's like bringing the live action with the animated full circle. And like, there's a, a, a fully whole star Wars canon now. And it, it it's starting to all connect. It's. I feel like they should have kept Ahsoka animated to me because if we're pulling... To me, if we're pulling from Clone Wars and Rebels, I feel like just to keep it uniform purposes, this should have been animated because... Them episode, the I know episode two and three just with the uh when they were doing the uh the ship the ship fight 
when they were trying to get close to the planet after they realized where the uh the map is leading them and the witch is shooting at them in space and they just slowly but surely keep getting hit while uh huang is trying to scan for more information and the ship goes the it blows up a little bit so they have to hurry up and fix it the enemy the sif had three ships you telling me you couldn't blow that ship sky high just all of you take a triangle position get around it missile it you could free ball you could they could have free balled a missile and been done you think it too hard you you think it too hard you're taking away all the fun and the excitement i mean it's fun but like just some stuff is just so like wink wink tap you on the nose like in episode two when Hera and ahsoka are going to the shipyard and they're having the conversation oh do you feel like there's any lingering feelings that the the empire is just now magically working for us and then it's that simple they just transition to a whole nother job because it's just money and they don't care that much about the global cosmic spanning politics and then 10 minutes later we get a wink wink like very direct in your face oh no they do still have feelings about the (laughs) empire see because we just talked about it a few minutes ago and now we're like reinforcing the idea because they just shot at you and the assassin that we specifically needed for our mission was taking off within eyesight of our of our conversation in the tower it was just very all wink wink like Hey guys, yeah, we don't want you to think too hard about what's happening. So we need to get there really fast because we only have eight episodes to do this show with. Yeah, I think that's uh, the the adherence to a strict specific episode format has hindered a lot of these like streaming shows. Um, you know, because there was Marvel was doing six episodes a lot. And that always made it feel like there was there was always going to be something rushed in that fifth and sixth episode. The fourth episode is almost always going to be the best in that kind of series, but the fifth and sixth feel like they're just like exposition dumps just to get it just to get it wrapped up. So uh, I I definitely understand how those how you can feel that way based on that because like I feel like there's a, there's pacing issues that can really take you out of the immersion per se um like like i was saying like going back to one piece i'm a big fan of that but the pacing of it was relatively fast compared to the actual manga which is extremely slow that's why it's 1090 something chapters still you know but at least with one piece they from what i heard people say that are really big fans they streamlined it in a way that wow yeah the first season is like the first i forget the specific number but while like it's a big chunk the early manga it's still streamlined in a way that nothing is really lost and or they changed it to where everything flows and makes sense since they can't actually do like beat for beat every chapter and every story and every flowing manga thing in the show make some really interesting cuts and changes in one piece that certainly sped it up a lot 
you know, and your mileage may vary on those. I liked a lot of the changes, especially the Don Krieg stuff. A lot of people uh, really like Krieg. I'm not necessarily one of those people, but I am a Mihawk fan. So that was definitely a step up for me from the, well, not necessarily step up because the original is always going to hold a very special place in my heart. Uh, but it was a, a, a welcome change, I should say. But back to Ahsoka, damn, I don't want to give it away since you haven't seen that. I know latest. it, but I know it. You could, but spoilers at this point, if you were going to talk about episode four, like I know what it is. Yeah, so, don't, don't come to the podcast if you, if you ain't trying to get no spoilers. Right? We ain't going to be like, oh. I'm just gonna talk about We're just gonna it. give you a very like long. We're gonna put a timestamp so that way you don't hear it if you're listening. Nah, bro, you better listen to the spoiler, bro. Nah, I'm just playing. But yes, yeah, spoilers for Ahsoka episode four. She apparently goes into the world between worlds and sees Anakin, just like not before the Darth Vader of it all. That boy Hayden Christensen bike. He must have gave Lucasfilms a hell of a deal because ever since Kenobi, he's like, I'm going to be putting everything. Oh, but, but sir, why don't everything? You know you. what? After all 20 years of folks dogging that man, and for him to like come back and get the get the recognition and shine that he deserves. I respect it. Come get get your bag, Anakin. Anakin bag taster. Well, I hope it works out for him because so who do you think is adapted the most from live action to animate like animation to live action in this show? Because Hera, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, aka uh Aaron Ewan McGregor's wife, Kenobi's wife in IRL, she's the best character to me. Cause I think I remember if I remember correctly, I loved Hera in the show because she, she gives off this like strong but also den mother like feel, but also she does her job and does it well, and she can fly her a sh- her way around the ship, and she still does what she needs to do. And Hera, her Hera, is doing that for me. You know, there's a lot of characters that. I really like in this show because like I was saying, I went back and watched Rebels and it really like engendered those characters to me. Some of them feel a little different now, uh, especially Ahsoka and Sabine, but you know, that's, that's a part of the story. But, um, I really like, um, the, the new Inquisitor folks. Um, I think like Sia and the old guy. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing: when you get those, uh, when you get the folks, especially Inquisitors, when the Inquisitor do that, do that blade and get that jump popping, it's gonna be an automatic L, bro. Like, don't why, don't even show me that, because now I know what's gonna happen. Because this is like, oh, this is the the stare down stance move. It happened. It even happened in. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. Once once the Inquisitors start spinning the blade, they in the losing position. So like show me show me something new. Show me something different. And show me that the Inquisitors is not uh the Washington generals of this series, you know. But I do like um 
what's that guy's name? But but um, Balin, I liked Balin. Um, I love the part in uh, Ahsoka episode one when the they use the old Jedi codes to get on the ship because they have to go get Morgan and. I put like just immediately like yeah we know you're not Jedi because if it was me look at you you're in a dark creepy looking robe come on my boy why you got all that black on come on now (laughs) like you no it's no it's not happening no y'all look evil turn around no no I do like what they're what they're doing with uh, Morak yeah the guy who is voiced by uh star killer that everybody was thinking is like a really big mystery yeah that's uh i think i think they're they're building him into a actually a really good star wars villain you know a lot of times in all of the streaming series they'll just give you this throwaway villain that you're not supposed to remember uh but they're supposed to be the the main force or antagonist of the series, my guy from Secret Invasion, he gave a wonderful performance, but he was uh let's not was, uh discuss that uh garbage. It's all see that's what I'm saying. It's already out of my mind. Can't even remember uh King oh, I remember it. I remember it. I just don't want to because I was excited Gravic. That's his name. Sorry for bringing it up. Gravic. But just like Gravic, you know he he got to the he got to the final touchdown and then fumbled. Yeah, they just have these villain of the weeks that just like disappear. So it's nice to have somebody that like has actually become memorable because you know you're not gonna get to a throne in this season though, or at least not right now. You know that's yeah. Thrawn he's at the uh, end. That, wasn't he in the trailer? I want to say. Yeah, and we don't even know what that's gonna end up being because Thrawn could end up being Thrawn. Well, because you know there's gonna be a, a movie. After all of this, um, that's in that has that's gonna end up happening, Ahsoka and Mando and all of that stuff, and it's gonna have Thrawn as the main villain. So obviously, you're not gonna get to Thrawn right now. You know that's like that's just not how they play the game because everything, all of these series are just a means to an end, and that's just another season, you know, or another season or another movie. Wow, so either none of this pans out or something goes horribly wrong. Speaking of uh, panels to mediums, that's a terrible uh, segue. No, it's not. Panels to mediums, uh, Superman from the comics back to the silver screen where uh just wrapped up my adventures with Superman um, on Adult Swim. And, and HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah, HBO Max. Um, because you know, ain't nobody watching cable like that. I ain't gonna hold you, Superman. But I did, I did watch HBO Max. I'm sorry, Max. I'm not called HBO Max, just like I'm not calling Twitter X. It's Twitter, it's HBO Max, and uh, yeah, HBO Max don't have the historical cachet like Twitter for me, so I don't mind calling it something different. HBO Max, they just came out a couple years ago, you know. But I've wired my brain and all my friends, we now call Peacock the Cock. So I've just altered my brain on some of these things to say. You know, and then sometimes the stuff that you 
sometimes stuff will just never change to you because you know there's a bunch of people still call University of Memphis Memphis State. So Sears Tower forever, not Willis Tower. You, I feel you. You know what I'm saying. Sometimes the stuff just stick with us. But HBO Max, HBO Max, you ain't special like that, boy. David Zaslav, you ain't special like that, boy. But this show was kind of special because but it just it gives me a slice of life, romantic driven Superman show. Yeah, it's it's um nice to have a a less established Superman uh, so we can feel like we're on that journey with him, you know, discovering who he is, what he can do. Um, And I love the reinvention of some of the characters, like especially the rogues gallery. They made him, they took an effort to try to make them more cool because Superman's rogues gallery um, has always been more on the, Bigger, badder, tougher side than yeah, some little rinky dink people. Yeah, but like not the not the cool people. You know, all you're gonna when you think of the coolest Superman villains, you're gonna be thinking of Brainiac, Dark Side, kind of Doomsday, Lex, you, the God, ones where he like yeah, where there's just like, a fist fight and not necessarily different ways of Superman figuring something out. So I do like the the ones that they chose to use. You know, they reinvented Livewire, uh, who, if I'm not mistaken, was made specifically for Superman the Animated Series. I'm not sure, but I know in this show, before they had said it, I was like, that's, that's, that's Livewire, isn't it? That's basically what Livewire does. They're like, oh... I didn't know when that was Slade until I looked on Twitter. I was like, oh. Yeah, she was created for Superman the Animated Series. Boy, I am old to remember that. Um, I The Slade redo, I'm not as... He's called Twink Slade. I, I... Twink Wilson. Know his name. I like the design, he, but it just kind of felt a little too different from the normal slave for me to like connect with it. So it took so long for me to be like, oh, that's supposed to be this character. I feel like that was one of the missteps villain-wise, but the fighting and the heroes and villains wasn't even the best part that, uh, to enjoy about the show. What I loved the most was the camaraderie between Lois and Jimmy and like feeling like you're actually a part of that super group, that group of super friends, if you will. Shout out, Jimmy, another black nerd that I see myself in. Love that. And, and he got racked up. Yeah, my boy. Shout out, Flame Bird. Also, um, I think I loved his. I think I haven't seen two episodes but his episode where he just kind of dips from superman and lois because they're going through their own thing and they don't like each other and he feels the odd man out and he goes to the brain and montour mala's uh headquarters i really enjoyed that episode that was one of my favorites episode one of my favorites 
up there with the the Legion of Lois episode. I really like the different variations. I know people are tired of the multiverse, but I always I love think that's it. the last episode I saw because the introduction of Krypton, I was like, oh, they're doing it. I love exploring a different version. And I feel like, you know, with this version of Superman, we are exploring a different version. So it's nice to get that, like, a completely different version. Like, this isn't a Superman that we've already encountered before. So this is like a completely re complete reinvention. So it's nice to see the homage to the ones that we do know or have seen before. Like <laughs> and quite literally poofing through them. Yeah. So like I I appreciate that. So it's like a little bit of new with a lot of new with a little bit of old a lot of and a good mix of like Superman and anime inspirations and adaptations you know you get that first transformation where he's basically uh sailor moon yes and it, it's his hair going upward for me like he had he keeps it patted down and then when he transforms his hair goes a little like wilder it's like whoosh. yeah he, he, get, he get a little super sad he get that, that little gohan spike but um with with the oh, anime, there is a season two in production. If you oh, didn't know on. already, come on now, we gotta have a season two. It's a, it's one of the freshest shows uh, that I've seen in a minute, especially concerning Superman. So it, it, it'll be nice to have that around in the DC animated world, especially with, um, especially with you know Harley Quinn on the other side. I haven't seen one second of season four, and I I knew it dropped long time ago. I just never clicked. I watched the three seasons. I I watched it. I just with this new season, I was like, oh, this is out. Hmm. Season yeah. four is good. There's a a lot of changes, uh, obviously, because she's good. She's joined the side of good, the Bat family. Uh, so it's hard to adjust to the lack of some of the other characters like uh, Clayface and uh, King Shark. So it just feels, it feels a lot. My son, King Shark, as long as he's there, I'm there. I love him. If, and Poison uh, Ivy. I love them too in the show. It feels different when they're replaced with the Bat family. So it, so it, it it's, it's an adjustment. As long as yeah. she's still being gay and doing a little crime. She's she's still being gay, but she's trying to do less of the crime. So that's a that's part of the balance of the show. So okay. it's definitely I have to start that. It's definitely um definitely something you should put on your watch list. Uh speaking of watch list, if you were to create your own Superman series, what would your ultimate version of Superman be? Okay, break that. What does that mean? Like how he acts, or how he acts, the story, uh, you know, the medium. I want you to build this from the ground up, create your own Superman world. Like, what would Superman be to you if you had if you had the reins to Superman? It could be the okay. movie version. 
comic book version. Okay, I would play it like how Spectacular Spider-Man does it because clearly Spider-Man can hold down a show with just his rogue and supporting characters. So I would have a Superman show where he's the only superhero around and it's just him going around on different daily planning assignments. So sometimes it's just, he doesn't even, sometimes he may not even suit up in an episode and he would just have to finesse, use his superpowers. Like in All-Star Superman, where he goes to talk to Lex in jail and the parasite breaks out because he's that close to Superman. And Superman, well, Clark gets trying like, oh no, Lex, look out. And then he like stomps really hard and then the floor caves in like oh my god we almost died that's crazy right haha <laughs> yeah great okay let's keep going so i would have it in a superman the animated series type of animation give it that old school but classical because i feel like that show doesn't get the level of respect it deserves like batman the animated series does so that type of world and with a through a spectacular Spider-Man lens where it's only Superman and his rogues, where you can go to Mongol on War World and then go have to fight Toy Man. And I would have him act like Justice League Bruce Tim Superman. Because I feel like that's the best of because he gets pissed off. Like he doesn't show it a lot, but he'd be irritated and over it. And I feel like Superman needs that sometimes. The Justice League Unlimited Superman, who is the Superman animated series Superman, got to really uh, give it his all in that fight against Shazam. And yeah, so that was definitely... Not even uh, that. He would just be like, just some of the decisions people were making. <laughs> like when uh, Brainiac Lex looked like he killed Wally and he grabbed his stuff. He was like, I really like I'm this close. You have no idea how close I am, but I wish to heaven that I were, but I'm not. I'm gonna let it rock. But you are you were this close to catching. I do that love close. that that Superman the animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited Superman, who was a little bit snarky. Uh no, he kinda had that above it all kinda feeling where he was where like I don't know, man. That's just my superheroes to be over it, especially if they've been at it a long time. They need to be over it sometime. That's my version of Superman. But uh, sometimes I struggle with the fact of like it's something that they touched on in my adventures of uh, my adventures with Superman, where like he's hearing all the stuff, and then there's that episode where he's like looking for the child, and he has to hone in past all the other screams and crimes to (laughs) just to find that little girl. That's the thing with Superman that always like yeah i really there's a um, panel in the comics during the oz effect where they're asking him like damn so what do you do now and he's hearing everything like i just get to work like that one step at a time i can i hear everything so i have to just do it one step at a time yeah i like how he just uh, like mentally honed in on that because that's a part that's always kind of touched me with superman 
especially in his like lighter incarnation where I'm like man how can you be so happy and well not necessarily happy but uh, how do you keep finding the motivation to do it knowing that you have to listen through uh, millions of crimes in a second and still have this kind of upbeat can do personality Um, so I think my version would have to balance the weight of being Superman but also but also like a have like a carefree well you can't be carefree when you're superman like a grant morrison action comics mixed with like a henry cavill type superman i wouldn't say henry cavill that might be too depressing but you know a superman that knows that always has to face the constant weight of the world alongside just like kind of like a kind of can do spider-man type of attitude where you know, he's just willing to knock it out no matter what's in front of him. Kind of like if he, when you get those young versions of Superman where he's like, yeah, I'm Superman. I, I can do it. Um, as opposed to the more world-weary versions of Superman, which is when, like, he always ends up snapping. You know, Kingdom Come and Justice. When he's like, damn, I've been doing this too long, man. I can't keep doing this shit. Ah. <laughs> that's what happens to Superman in, in every like every oh, Superman's turned evil story he's like you know, sometimes he snorts uh, kryptonite like it's cocaine sometimes you know sometimes, sometimes we all gotta get a little booted up I feel you Superman do what you gotta do we are not uh, approving drug usage though on this look part. I'm not gonna hold nothing against you Superman I don't want you coming to my crib do your little kryptonite thing just don't do it near me like what do you uh but you know that's how he always end up snapping because he just grow he get, he get tired of it you know i will want a superman closer to my adventures of superman but also with a little bit of edginess from like um justice league or justice league unlimited um ooh, or maybe tonally like the batman tv show the, the 2005 jamaican joker batman Come on now. You only little roster joker. Right. Feet out. The only Dude, time I remember him for real was when he got turned into a vampire during the movie. Okay. I was thinking this. I love that series, but I was like, bro, why this man ain't got no shit? But, you know, he's the Joker. Dude. He looked, I liked his Joker. His Joker looked cool, at least, at the very least. He, he was. Cool. He fit the bill of being like a loose cannon. So I, I feel it. I feel Cause a lot of times you'd be like, okay, this buddy in the I I get that he eccentric, but this man still got a whole three piece suit on. But he was getting with him. He was a lot more active. Like I think that was one of the more active jokers. Like he would get with him. He would they would fight. He was yeah. With I him. mean, I love that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. I did like the the fact that that Joker was a little bit different from the clean cut looking Jokers that we normally get. Cause this man Joker is always gonna show up in a fresh from the cleaner suit you know so i do like a little little bit of a wildness in his eyes <laughs> <laughs> what have you been reading like comic book wise i know i think i'm behind in some books that don't come to me right now but i know i'm caught up on what i need to be caught up on i feel like yeah, I've been uh pretty tied up and busy for the last couple months. Uh 
won't say no, why. No, you be buying every book under the sun. But this pool <laughs> list is like a money stack that you could put on your arm, just buying stuff on his pool list. But that's because I had I was doing something that took a lot of time away from my comic book reading. Uh, so I had to go back and catch up a lot. So, but you didn't have to catch up on some of those books. And what what, what were some of those books that you could have avoided at all costs? Come on now, don't don't put me on the spot like this. But I'm just I, saying, if we're gonna talk about books and you're just reading any old thing, just you know, you should say it out loud that what you're reading, and no, and be no, shamed or tarred and feathered because of it, possibly. Nobody on this side was reading Spider-Man books at all. <laughs> not besides Miles Morales. I had not read a Spider-Man book. Um, I, I feel like I saw you pull out uh, a Zeb Wells Amazing Spider-Man huh? on Instagram. I feel like I saw that. I don't who? know, though. I, I ain't never heard of that name. Who? who? Oh, one, one good was it? Because I definitely remember that, seeing that, then warning you. Hey. Zeb Wells, I know you listen to this. Episode two, you're not good on my block, my boy. If I see you, I'm giving you an atomic wedgie. You're not good on these streets. The things that you did to Spider-Man. And are continuing to do. And continuing to do to Spider-Man. You ought to be in jail, buddy. Actually, look out the window. They're coming for you right now. Oh. Man, you are, I don't like that you put me on the spot like that because I have been reading some absolute stinkers. Uh, (laughs) And speaking of, shout out Brian Hitch and Ultimate Invasion. Uh, Actually, no shout out to Brian Hitch because you're not listening to this. Anti-shout out. (laughs) You blocked me on Twitter. (laughs) And I didn't even add you. But how is that my fault? You can't do a, a black hairline. I couldn't. Okay. Not only is the story bad, the hairline for Miles is just absolutely so astonishingly bad that any goodwill that the story had from me, from just like the interest in that first issue, how they went from, you know, all caps in the regular Marvel universe to the mixed case of the Ultimate Universe was completely taken away just by the Brian Hitch hairline, man. That man ain't got it. But on the good side of stuff, I'm locked into Evel Ewing's Black Panther. Yes. Shout out to her for not doing what every other person does and completely getting rid of the last run. Even uh, though we absolutely never mind. If, hey, you also not good in my <laughs> <laughs> he who shall not be named the last rider of Black Panther. If I got, and I hate doing this to my people, not good on the block. You not welcome to no cookout. And then the Buffalo Soldier dude, worst character I ever seen in any series ever. And then Brett threw him in the last issue, like, yep, he's gonna come back. He's gonna be a big part of this universe. But man, I'm sorry. That was, but shout out to Eve for sticking with it and doing something completely. And giving us like, one of the best looking like Panthers fits ever. That suit so nasty with the marks on it. Chris Allen, the artist, designed that outfit and fire the shield, the 
just the just everything about the suit. It looks amazing to me. One of my favorite suits from him. And keeping it extra black, I've been reading Milestones, uh, Hardware and Icon. You know, they're they're doing that um Worlds yeah. Collide. Yeah, that's what it's called. Worlds Collide, where they're bringing the DC universe to Milestone and vice versa. We finally get to see some some black heroes beat up on some normal DC villains. Uh, that's definitely something I've been waiting on for my entire life. I've been a huge Milestone fan, so it's nice to see DC treating them like an actual genuine part of the universe. Yeah, um, the compendiums are slowly coming out, so that's wonderful. I need to get those. One more time? No, I was saying the milestone compendium. Okay. And I need to get those. They're on what, volume three now? I think three is coming out soon. Yeah, Yeah, I want to say. I'm pretty sure. I know one and two, I think, are out. I have to, I have the third one ordered for sure, but I need to pick up the second one. Um, I have to, it's just part of me to keep the milestone in my life. That's how I learned how to read, really. Just comic books picking up comic books out of random grocery stores, bookstores, all kinds of stuff. Back in the days when they were $1.25, back in the top of the 19th century. Um, there wasn't any indication that Devin is old. There you have it. Yeah, man. I bought X-Men 1, number one. It was $1.25 with the metallic cover. That's how now, old comic books are like $9.99 for one issue. Here you go. Yoink. Don't. If they put out an X-Men number one right now, it will be $12. They do that, and they be $5, so don't do that. (laughs) Now, my upcoming favorite book, possibly Gods, number one, by Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Shitty and uh, by Wolf Colors by Mard... I think... um, Mark Garcia does the colors. That's going to be a $9.99 number one. So I'm crying a little, but I follow Hickman basically everywhere. So I'm going to do it. Hickman, you got my trust no matter what. Hickman, Al Ewing. Well, I don't know no matter what because I'm not buying Ultimate Invasion at all. Because Uh, Okay, yeah, you got me. You got me. I did buy it. And it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, read the, I'll read the summaries. I'll be there. The Ultimate Universe apparently is coming back, even though it was already back because of Bendis. But, you know, whatever. You know, I don't know how that works. I actually was a huge fan of the Ultimate Universe. It came out right at the peak of my comic book reading. I was super into Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Spider-Man. When Ultimate Spider-Man came out, that like changed my life because I was like eight or something when that just dropped because it was like 2000 or something like that. And man, being able to experience Spider-Man from the beginning and follow that journey for the first time and not know what was going to happen and not be a part of the like already discussed storylines like clone saga and you know having something entirely new to experience peter parker with was game changing for me because all i had ever 
known were these old stories that had been given to me by, you know, my cousins or something like that. So it was it was so dope to be in the ultimate universe and see all the changes and the modernizations, man. That was that was a time. But at the end, especially with the well, it wasn't even the end with Ultimatum. Um, it was just such a disservice to that universe. And I understand that they were trying to send it out in a wild way, but it, they just didn't do it right because it, it no, put in work for all those years. And now it's still here, barely hanging on by three. It's still here, yeah. But they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have to do the Ultimate Universe like that. Really, what I've been loving the most is all the massive verse stuff. Any Radiant Black Rogue Son. No one, even though no one is really, really, really in depth and has got that podcast and it's like a whodunit type mystery and completely different than the rest. All of it is so captivating. So I'll, I'll always be on board for that, especially. I'm, for, I'm a sucker for bright colors and superpower, super Power Ranger looking and Kamen Rider looking comic books. So it has yeah. me. And I'm loving Radiant Black and uh, Radiant Red. Radiant Red was a really good little uh, side spinoff story that I liked. I'm I'm loving it all. Dead Lucky just brought back somebody very important to her uh, <laughs> to her life, so it's taken a lot of interesting changes. Rogue Son, the main character's body has been possessed for like half a year, so we're we're doing we're doing a lot of novel thing with these oh, and infernal yeah. girl read a book two got announced not too long ago on kickstarter Mass- the massive versus where it's at right now is probably some of my favorite stuff to read outside of the x-men books man the x-men books are so so killer um especially with all the x stuff going on you got and What's really getting my old heart is I'm seeing a lot of uh, X-Men, especially in the 90s, 2000s. It was just too many X-Men. It was way too many X-Men. And I'm starting to see some of the the dumb ones come back that I love the most, like Nagin and Marrow, those ultimate 90s X-Men where they were just trying to find something weird for the X-Men to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see them back. <clears throat> Justin, believe you because I got on the X Men during like AV. Not, I mean, I watched X Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X Men, but I didn't like know them like I know them now. Like now, I can like, oh no, that's Emma Frost, and then I can name like, no, that's uh, Esme Cuckoo, and then that's uh, like I could name name characters a lot more in depth than I can way back then because I really got into X-Men books during AVX and I just stuck with them. So I was reading Cable and X-Force. I was during the IVX era. I was there when they were in limbo hiding from the Terrigen Cloud. I was there when Cyclops was right. Then during the Bendis, all new X-Men and uncanny of it all. And I was definitely there for House of X when I felt like a crackhead uh, waiting for that issue one because I was there when uh, they announced it. 
at C2E2. So, so I was just like, oh my God, I can't wait. And the talk surrounding House of X number one, I was like, I need to read this book. I'm 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 itching. Like, I need to read this book. So definitely this Hickman Krakoa era is like, I feel like it's my really first big era to call my own with my X-Men fandom because I've been on it ever since it dropped. I have House of X and Powers of X, like three different sets floppy wise. I've been, I have most of, if not all of Duggan's X-Men. I have a lot of X-Men books in this era and I've just been keeping up with it. I have all of Immortal, X-Men Red, Sword. Just like this era really feels like a good time for fans. And for me spe- specifically, they've done a lot with this era. And they've been hanging, oh, we're going back to the mansion soon, over my head for months now and over my dead body. I refuse to go back to that 90s status quo. Yeah, uh, I definitely feel you on that because this has been one of the most refreshing X-Men eras that I've ever been in through. Like I said, I'm an old dude, man. I've been through some terrible, terrible, terrible X-Men eras. I remember Chuck Austin's X-Men era, man. That was the worst time to be alive. The absolute worst time to be alive. To be here with... What's going on with Krakoa and the X-Men now? I don't want it to end, man. I don't want to go back to that. No. And it's so interesting like with X-Men because it's so much involved. So it gives me that urge to want to go back and read. Like, oh, who's this character? Where did they come from? And there's history and storyline with them. It's so interesting, like, with X-Men is the last thing I heard. Okay, okay, good, because I was getting that thought out, and I was just, I just kept going because you had left. Okay, so I said, yeah, it's really interesting with X-Men, just, like, historically and culturally that you have an era like this that is built upon 60-something years of history, so you can go back and say, oh, well, Excalibur, they were a team before, so we can go back and read the original OG version of it. Like you, there's a reason to go back with a property like X Men, because there's so many characters and so many teams and just so many stories that they reference, and the, you could just go back and read like all the major touches. Like when I was talking about House of X, and they were referencing the Grand Morrison, uh, E for extension story like you could read it and just know like you could just read the house of x portion where they're like mutantum had an island on the genosha and it got bombed the mutant population was down however many percentages and they've been fighting to get it back up and it's been up and down ever since so you could either know the story or not and it would still be okay but to just have that added context gives a lot of weight to these characters like people are always talking about kate how she's gone through so many identities and how like she's kind of the focal point character for a certain generation because she's gone through so many identities she's been a ninja she's been a pirate she's been like the leader of the x-men so like just it's really nice for a property 
to have a high point like this and to also you can go back and there's so many stories you could read like i'm trying to collect all of the eras like i want to get into the outback era i want to get mike carey's run that starts off the children of the vault because children of the vault have been a really surprise interesting villain for me in this era and i was really happy they got a book by dennis camp for the fall of x that was really good the second issue is coming out next week and yeah i just really love the x-men right now and i will be damned if i have to go back to that mansion i feel you there's so much good there's so much x-men going on and there and it's all good (sighs) but to shift gears to something that there's also so much of let's talk about spider-man or we can you know just not i wish we could Zeb Wells, you on my list, my boy. You on you on that list. Spider Man is the Green Goblin now because and- he got stabbed with a spear full of the sins of the Green Goblin. If I have that right. Yep, that's certainly a story choice. Meanwhile, <laughs> you could just read Moon Knight by Jed McKay and Alessandro Capucino, one of the most underrated books out right now. I was catching up yesterday and moon knight is just really fantastically good moon knight is on what 27 28 now yes and they're about to start the death of moon knight art shout out to moon knight for holding it down that long a lot of those characters like that don't don't get that kind of run man it's it's great to see jed is an on fire art uh not artist writer like he's he has a resume at marvel he definitely is a writer that i've come to enjoy really quickly like Black Cat is one of my favorite Marvel books now because of his that writing. Series has been a banger from beginning from top to bottom. I'm getting the I need the Black Cat Omni. I need it. Like that that run, that story was so good. And I'm really glad it got a worthwhile story for as long as it did. Bringing us back to Spider-Man. I tried everybody. I tried to go away from the bad book, but he wants to he wants to talk about it. So I can't I can't save us. So Spider-Man. Spider-Man is craving the hunter? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because it was remember that one time Craven hunted him down and killed him. Haha and then he wore his suit. Haha Wow, it's like poetry. It rhymes. That's parallelism. Wow. wow, these are some real big brain ideas going on at the House of Ideas. Oh no, the other idea we had was kill off uh, Ms. Marvel, who was barely a supporting character, to get her to be a mutant. So that was the other idea. Yep, yeah, you know, and this is all movie synergy. We got Craven the Hunter coming out this year, right? I think. And it coming out? No, it got delayed. Okay, like, yeah. A number of movies, yeah. Craven the Hunter. But to be fair, they have done big Craven storylines and nothing was going on as far as I know. Like, I know in Nick Spencer's run, he had that hunted where he keeps all the animal-themed people in Central Park and they just, a clone, Craven cloned himself or had a younger version or it would, wait, what, is the new Craven his son and he just took his place and looked exactly like him. I think that's what it is. And it's all in service of Craven the movie and also Spider-Man 2. So, you know, the game. They got a lot of Craven going on right that's, now. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's in the game. That- it's going to parlay from the game to the movie. And now we got 
Stop trying to make Craven happen. Craven has his, he has his, you know, one claim to fame, which is Craven's uh, last hunt. He has that at least. Craven is like your uncle that be wearing his high school varsity jacket around. Give it up. Give it up. Deadliest hunter, man. Stop messing with him and his Aaron Taylor Johnson getting superpowers from the blood of a lion for some reason. That's from, uh, I love Spectacular Spider-Man. I don't, I don't hate that element going into the movie, but I do hate the idea of that movie existing, so. Hey, what are you going to see this year? Oh, man, I can't wait for Craven the Hunter. What? Hey, fool, I can't wait to go see Craven. It's going to be so A, a solo? Craven, like that B-listed Spider-Man villain? Yeah, he got a whole movie. Yeah, and Rhino's in it. Oh, that makes it better. Oh. You don't know Craven, bro? Brady with the mustache and the vest? Come on, bro, Craven. Well, Devin, you could have been talking about Blade, Moon Knight, Guardians of the Galaxy, something else worth your time and money. Look, and I've read all of those. They're great. I'm glad that Blade has a good comic because Bloodline was not. You hate black women, them getting stories? Nah, don't don't do me like that. They could have did they could have did Bloodline a little bit better. Her story was kind of thrown together it did take a while though because they had to switch gears because tim seeley was originally going to be on the title but he felt like that wasn't his place to be writing the black woman vampire which i met shout out to him for having the awareness yeah shout out to him for for doing that just don't need to do that and blade barely has stories as it is for real, you know? So, shout out to Blade. I hope Blade gets treated like Moon Knight and Ghost Rider and gets a long-running series that, you know, we can enjoy for the next couple of years. I, I hope that this movie coming up actually gives them to give Blade a fair chance because he deserves it. He's dope. Read Moon Knight. I'm not Moon Knight. Yeah. Read Blade by Brian Hill and Elsa Casagrande. The art is a pitch perfect. It's only two issues in. Blade needs help stopping a weapon of mass destruction. He accidentally unleashed. Real oh, good. Blade. It's real good. Read Blade. Support support Black creators. Also, you definitely need to read Miles Morales Spider-Man by Cody Ziegler. Shout out Zig. He also, Cody Ziegler also did Spider-Punk. So all of you hobby fans, which I know there are because of Across the Spider-Verse, reads Spider-Punk by Cody Ziegler. Oh, eventually also by Jeb McKay and C.F. Villa, his uh, black cat partner in crime. They're on Avengers now. And after Jason Aaron's five-year run, thank God, because towards the end or the middle part, yeah, we'll say. not even a little bit. It was cartoon land full of stuff that, wow. But yeah, Avengers is good right now. What else is out for Marvel? Oh, the uh, Captain America era by uh, the Hive Mind. Mind, but they go by the hive mind because they're a writing duo. There's Steve Rogers. Captain America was really good. And I usually try not to like Steve because he's just the paragon of a bygone era that doesn't know and he doesn't know any better, but he still does the job. But they keep putting him in like an espionage space, just like Tanahasi Code did with him. And I keep liking Steve. People keep a creative team can do that to a character you don't really care. I keep liking Steve Rogers. 
interesting. You know, I, I like that they keep finding a way to bring Steve in and do something interesting with him. Um, so, you know, I really like the whole uh, inner circle thing that they had going on. So I'm excited to see where Steve and Sam's adventures continue to take them. And, yeah, um, Steve already has a book at, after his, because his run just ended, but Sam still doesn't have a book. I see the games Marvel. Come on now. Don't make us wait to February to get no damn Sam book. We see like it. The, their, the run before wasn't even done yet, and they had announced Captain America number one. Mm-hmm. They said, don't don't worry, we we getting this we getting this blackie out of here. But on the DC side, the dawn of DC is continuing on. We're getting The Flash by Simon Spurrier and Mike Diodata soon. We're getting Wonder Woman by Tom King and Daniel Sampri soon. We are we're just coming out of Night Terrors. The basically Halloween event that was going on for two months in the summer. Yeah, that happened and I wasn't reading DC for two months because you were interrupting all of my books that were just starting. I was reading my poor innocent Jeremy Adams Green Lantern and I turned the page to be continued in Green Lantern number three in September but next Night Terrors no get no I, I want number yeah, three they did kind of ruin the vibes with that because the vibes were like Dawn of DC is just starting and we're doing a big event what what, what is this no and, and not just an event an event that doesn't really naturally tie in well with some of the stuff that we've been doing so it was that we literally just started so it was kind of a weird way but to also at uh dawn of dc joshua williamson's green arrow is continuing on it got turned into a 12 issue series thanks to everybody's support and pre-ordering pre-order your books people that is an important part of the comic book supporting process it's an archaic system and it's very annoying but you definitely should try to pre-order books if you can that shows interest in your books like um unstoppable doom patrol has been a pleasant joy to read it got an additional issue so now it's up to seven issues one of my favorite up-and-coming creators ram v is doing strong on detective comics the gothic gotham overture long story arc that he's been doing it i really love when books have a certain sense of identity and it's not just you can't tell who's writing or reading at any given point like it get like Rams Detective Comics has been this operatic slow burn Batman story that's taking him through the paces of a new family that has ties to Gotham and just a really good I don't want to say it's slow burn Batman book. Oh, also, of course, Superman, also by Joshua Williamson, is continuing strong. If you like Superman, the animated series, that's basically what the book reads like. And then on the flip side, you have uh, Action Comics by Philip Kennedy Johnson. He's been on the book for a long time now. He got some, he's done very well on the book. Like it's a must read every month. And the Superman Corner is expanding with a Power Girl series, and uh, a little bit connected, but also not Fire and Ice. Welcome to Smallville. If you love Fire and Ice, the old Justice League International characters, they've been benched in a way. And Superman's like, well, just take up shop in Smallville. So that's a recent Dawn of DC book that's dropped. 
So it's a lot of Dawn of DC going around for everybody. Cyborg has his own title away from the Titan series by Tom Taylor. And what what else is there? Nightwing is continuing on basically the Hawkeye of DC by Tom Taylor. And yeah, I think the Hawk oh Hawk Girl is, also has a book out now. So yeah, it has a Dawn of DC as something for everybody to try to get into. I have been admittedly slacking on my Donna DC stuff. I needed a little bit of a DC break, but that was, know, that was night terrors for me. That's uh, night terrors is what took me out of it, and I'm 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 like okay, now I'm gonna finally try to get in it and Donna DC and see what's popping off. Finally, try to get a good grasp of this again for the tenth uh, time. Uh, but you know, that's 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 where we are. T Sage, tell tell the folks where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at new T Sage on Instagram Terrence T E R R E N C E underscore Sage, and yeah, that's where you can find me. Pretty much, I'm always tweeting or Instagramming about something. Devin, where are you at? Man, you can catch me on the tweets at Devin from the seven, the number seven, uh, on Instagram. Also, Devin from the seven, but the word seven. Uh, and that's been it for the Black and the Bold episode two, y'all. And we'll be back for more comic book entertainment and all and niggatry. Sports. Ooh, with plenty of niggatry is on the way. Stay tuned. Episode three. <laughs> the the niggatry strikes back. We're not naming that right. That's not the title of that already, nope. is it? That's, that's the title of episode three. Okay.